0: Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 337. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about why you need to watch the hundreds of dollars and not the pennies. And you're gonna learn why it's the big mistakes that keep you from financial success, not the little teeny tiny ones. Well, recently I saw an article that talked about watching your pennies and it was talking about not buying coffee and how that's going to make you a millionaire if you don't buy coffee and you invest instead. And I totally get that whole concept. I understand it. And it was first made very, very famous by David Bach, an author whom I really respect. And I think David was really making the point that a small amount of money can compound into a big number over a decent amount of time and with a decent interest rate. And it was really, in my opinion, an example about compounding more than it was saying, don't buy coffee and you can be rich. I think a lot of people have tried to simplify it and say that's what David was saying. But I think the latte factor is really about the fact that money invested properly compounding over time for a long period of time will grow to a very large number. And I think that he's been criticized for the latte factor by a lot of people. And I think that's not really fair for David. But what I will say is that I do think there's too much emphasis in the financial community of people watching their pennies and not watching their thousands or their hundreds of dollars. And this is frustrating to me because people really get into this watch your pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves examples or you know, Benjamin Franklin, a penny saved is a penny earned kind of a thing. And I get that. But I just see so many big, huge, monumental mistakes not being talked about, not being looked at, not being discussed, and everybody focusing in on the pennies because of these sayings about watching your pennies. So that drives me a little bit crazy. So we're going to talk about why I think that the big things are much, much more important. And there's a couple of big things that we're going to talk about that a lot of people really miss that can dramatically impact your finances over time. These are things that are very high ticket items that people don't really talk about. I don't know. Why don't people talk about the big ticket items? Why are they always focusing on the pennies like the coffee? I don't know. (laughs) But we're going to talk about the big ticket items today because I think those are the ones where people get really messed up. I think that those are the ones that, in my opinion, in my experience, that's where people go awry. People can be pretty decent shoppers. A lot of people are very you know, savvy at buying on sale or they're buying quantity or they're buying samples or discounted this or that or closeouts or they're buying online or whatever. People are pretty good about trying to get a good price for things. But yet there are a couple of things that people do that really mess them up for thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm talking tens of thousands of dollars. And Nobody seems to talk about that, so we're gonna talk about that. All right, what am I specifically referring to? I'm specifically referring to, number one, people moving quite frequently. Now, it's one thing if you're renting and you have to move, but when people own a home and they're selling their home every few years and moving, that can have devastating financial consequences. I mean, literally, this can cost tens to fifties of thousands of dollars. And had that money been invested instead over time, just like the example with the latte, it would add up to a lot of money, but you're already starting with a much, much bigger amount of money, which means it's going to add up to even more money. So instead of you know, a few cups of coffee equaling a million dollars over 30 years. We're talking fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 that could add up to multi-millions of dollars over the years. So here's what I mean. When you move frequently, there are costs that are associated with that. And I've talked about this on past podcasts. You know, when I was thinking about moving or keeping the house that my husband and I were living in, it was apparent to me that the moving costs were going to be exorbitant. First of all, there would be commissions to pay to the realtor. Then there would be a new mortgage to be had, and that would involve points and interest and additional costs for a mortgage broker. Then there would be the moving costs, the cost to actually move the furniture. And then there would be the cost to fix up the new house because you always have things to do, whether you're doing light remodeling or heavy remodeling or whether you're just doing some redecorating. There's always expenses or window coverings or flooring or countertops, things that come into a new home that you're going to want to change. And then preparing your own home, your old home, for sale can also involve a lot of costs, whether you're painting rooms inside or you're painting the house outside, whether you have to get a new roof, whether you're doing some landscaping, whatever it is, you have some costs to get your house on the market. So these costs are not small pennies. These are tens of thousands of dollars that we're talking about and it really adds up. So if you're moving every three, four, five years, that can be very detrimental to your finances. And so what I want you to do is I want you to think about buying a house where you can stay put for at least 15 to 20 years. Try to have a really long-term perspective on where you're living. If you can have a longer-term perspective than 15 or 20 years, that's even better. But if you can really look for the long-term and plan for the long-term, you're gonna be much better off. So I give the example often that sometimes a couple gets married, they buy a condominium in the city, then they have a baby and all of a sudden it's whoopsie, now we need to get into a good school district and that's out in the suburbs. So now we gotta move out in the suburbs. Then they have another child and maybe a third child and then it's whoopsie, now our house is too small. So maybe, they could have anticipated some of that and maybe, you know, bought a house or uh, tried to afford something in that neighborhood that would be a good school neighborhood that would also be affordable for, you know, two or three bedrooms or whatever they need, four bedrooms, whatever you need, but maybe anticipating some of those things instead of moving three times, having some planning for that would definitely save you tens to fifties, to possibly even hundreds of thousands of dollars if you're in a a very expensive real estate market like California. Those are the things I want you to think about, the long-term picture of how not to move very frequently in your home. So that's one thing. Again, we're looking at the tens of thousands of dollars, not the pennies. Number two, Buying cars too frequently is another one that is a mistake that can cost you thousands of dollars. So buying cars every three to four years. I know people get really fixated on how many miles they have, and they're afraid to get too many miles on their car. And as soon as it gets toward maybe a hundred thousand miles, they think, "Oh, I got to, I got to get rid of this car," or it goes out of warranty, or there's all kinds of different things I've seen but people buying cars too frequently, maybe it's just a preference. I know one gal that just likes to have newer BMWs all the time. It's just something that she likes and she you know, thinks she's just indulging herself. Well, what she's really doing is just wasting a heck of a lot of money because of course a new car is going to depreciate very quickly you're going to lose thousands of dollars possibly tens of thousands of dollars depending on the price of the car originally in the first few years and then over time it's going to depreciate quickly and so then to go out and buy another car and do that again and if you're financing it on top of that then you're paying interest on that and you have the depreciation, these are literally thousands of dollars, possibly tens of thousands of dollars that could be redirected into your investment accounts, into something that's gonna grow money for you. And really, you know, moving too frequently or buying cars too frequently probably isn't going to make your lifestyle that much better. It possibly could if you're getting a much... Bigger home. But what I'm saying is that when you already own your own home, that's a huge step from renting. That's a big change and a big step from renting. And just being a homeowner, building equity, you actually own an asset, you're helping your net worth grow every month when you're paying down your mortgage you're actually building wealth with your home because that's a forced savings when you're paying down that mortgage. So it actually, you know, is helping you in terms of your net worth when you're an owner of an asset like your home. Whether that is, you know, a starter home or a bigger home is less of a concern than that jump from being a renter to an owner is my point. Back to these two big mistakes. Where people go wrong is by not investing and by not having those investments work harder for them because that money's gone down the drain by buying too many cars or buying too many homes. Sometimes I notice that people don't have investment goals or they're not comfortable with learning how to invest in the stock market or the real estate market and so they'll avoid one or the other or possibly even both And that makes them miss out on wealth building. So for example, I had a friend who had success with real estate. And in the 2007-2008 peak, they had a, a spec home that they built and built in anticipation of being able to sell that to someone. And they got caught owning that with the market dropping. So what they thought was going to be a $3 million sale ended up being about a $1.5 million sale and they actually lost money on that. So here they speculated on a real estate investment and because it was the peak of the market and the cycle was turning, it wasn't a good time for them and they didn't make money in that. But they also are not the type to invest in stocks. So they don't have a diversified stream of investments or diversified different investment pools of funds that they are relying on. Everything is pretty much in real estate. They own their own home and they built the spec home and had some other real estate property. So it kind of all was in the same asset class of real estate. I noticed that, you know, within their home, everything is just packed to the brim full in their house. In the guest room, the closets are packed full of their clothes. In the guest closet in the hall, packed full of clothes. Every drawer of every guest room, their room, the kitchen, the basement, the garages are so full that no cars can fit in the garages. This is happening to a lot of people where there's just a lot of stuff that's being purchased because again, there's no focused investment plan that maybe if they were investing in real estate, fine, but maybe some of that money could have been redirected more toward stock investments and instead of all of this stuff. So it tells me that there's no investment goals that are being followed. There's just a lot of spending on extraneous stuff and things that aren't being used. And that's not for me to judge, but it's just for me to notice that there's no money for anything because there's so much clutter. I think a lot of people end up with this clutter in their house, which might be, you know, a lot of toys to go do things and three wheelers and you know, all different kinds of things that people buy for a good time, but maybe they should be a little bit more focused on putting some of that money toward investing because a $10,000 chunk of money can grow to a very large amount over a 25-30 year period of time. Again, I've illustrated this in past uh, podcasts but just to reiterate the point that some people are just so surrounded by clutter from small purchases, and it might be that those purchases are making them feel better. Uh, Just spending money gives you a high. We've talked about that in the past. Also, you know, purchasing volumes at Costco. I see people just buying volume purchases of things that accumulates a lot of stuff that they never use. There's lots of reasons why they aren't reaching their financial goals. But having a focused plan and having multiple asset classes work for you, having focused goals, knowing that part of your plan you want in real estate and part of your plan you want to have in stocks, and that's going to help you achieve more of your investment goals because you're going to be able to compound at higher rates in those types of investments in real estate and in stocks and also in your own business. So those are the main asset classes that are going to get you to where you wanna go for your financial goals. So the best thing you can do is to be a disciplined investor. That is to have regular deductions come out of your paycheck that go into your 401k or go into an IRA or a mutual fund or a brokerage account that provides systematic payments into your investments and those investments are compounding at eight to 10% over the long run if history repeats itself. So by having your investments automated as much as possible, have those go into your goals, have those big dollar accounts work for you and not to make those mistakes of the tens of thousands of dollars of moving too frequently in your home or buying cars too frequently. Those are two that are major ones that if you just focused on those and didn't worry about the small coffee, go and get your cup of coffee every day, but sit down and plan in your wealth journal what your investments are going to be that you're going to have automated for you, that's going to grow your wealth at 8 to 10% over the long term. Again, we're always going to have ups and downs. We're going to have peaks and valleys. We're going to have booms and busts. We're going to have bubbles. But over the long term, if you've got a long-term time horizon over your lifetime and you're diversified amongst different assets, these big assets are the things that are going to eventually grow wealth for you. So you want to have focus on those. Don't sweat the pennies. Work on the thousands and you'll be much, much better off. And I've got an article for you that talks about the coffee and uh, I'll post that on my website at lindapjones.com, podcast number 290. But again, watching the big picture, the big stuff, particularly the big two that I've mentioned today, that's where you need to focus and make sure you're not making those huge mistakes, huge mistakes that keep you from having the wealth that you want. If you haven't yet subscribed to Be Wealthy and Smart, please hit the subscribe button and leave me a review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. I'd love to hear from you. And connect with me on social media, get more tips, more of my thoughts, feedback. You also can see where I'm vacationing this summer, my little dog Penny, get to know me a little better and get some extra tips financially as well on Instagram and Twitter at Linda P. Jones and on Facebook at Linda P. Jones fan page. If you're wanting to get your net worth moving faster, get my 11 quick financial tips to boost your wealth. There are 11 quick things everyone can do to get their net worth growing faster. That's over at lindapjones.com. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart.